Welcome back to another episode of Living in Color podcast, where we discuss spirituality, career, education, finances, and relationships as Black women and how mental health affects them all. How you doing, sis? I'm doing well. How are you doing? We here. It's July the 5th. And for those of you who may be new joining us, I'm Amber, and I am talking with my good sis, Tam. Tamala, I call her Tam. Um, and so we're going to jump right into this week's podcast. So, sis, let's talk about it. Bill Cosby has been released. And our good sis, Felicia Rashad, is receiving all of the backlash for coming to his uh, support in his release. What are your thoughts? Regarding his release or regarding her responding? Both. Okay. Um, I. This is one of those things like it didn't play out like I needed it to um, in order to have a solid opinion. I have always stood by the fact that if he did crime, he should pay his time. Um, and so I don't think there's a question of whether it happened um, because I am not one to discredit anyone's story. I just think that it could have been handled a lot better overall in the situation so that people wouldn't feel confused. People wouldn't feel like they have to take a side. Like this is where I think, you know, a right is right and a wrong is wrong. in regards to Felicia Rashad responding, I was just like, sis, it w- even if you were happy that he was released, you should have kept it to yourself because you didn't speak the entire time anything was going on. Mm. Like, did not say a word. And then you know that you are one of the most influential Black women in our community. Like Claire Hanks Huxtable could do no wrong. And so for you to come out supporting this, especially at a crucial time where you take on this high level position at Howard, it just wasn't it wasn't a smart move. So, again, you have every right to feel the way that you feel. But I don't think you should have gone to social media um, to even put it out there because you were silent beforehand. Now, if you felt like that was your way of showing him that you had his back because you didn't say anything, again, I would have second guessed that one. Or somebody on your team should have said, this is not a good idea. Tried to make you, you know, I'm pretty sure you know where he stays. You could have just went over and had a chat. But again, if he did his wrongdoings, he should pay his time no matter how old he is. Um, no one should not be held accountable for doing bad things to bad, uh, to people, period. That's how I feel on that one. Yeah, so I've been, I diddle all of it. I, I've been torn a lot uh, just because um, in, the ter- in terms of like the law and having fair trials, do I believe the trial was fair? No. Does that mean he doesn't, you know, deserve to, you know, do the time for whatever the crime might have been? Absolutely, he should. But in 
I think we see this play out all the time in that, you know, people are not given a fair trial oftentimes when it comes to these types of crimes and they get a slap on the wrist. And I think that with this particular uh, situation, they were proving a point, but it didn't result in a fair trial. And so honestly, I think that's the biggest reason why he's out now. And that's not, it's, it's hard because it's like, well, if it wasn't fair, then, you know, what do you do? Um, so I don't know. I, I'm torn. I am completely torn. And I, I will say this out loud. I'm torn and I know what it feels like to be in the shoes of the women. So I will never be in a space where I ever silence their voices and their thoughts and their feelings about what's going on now. So it's a hard, it was, it's kind of hard for me. I was like, I'm just going to take a seat and let that play out how it plays out um, and still be there for those of us and other people out there who have dealt with um, the trauma and, and continue to speak out about that. But in terms of Felicia Washrat, so my thing is, <laughs> it's hard it's so hard because like you said it, it, she does it's like she can't do no wrong so it's like Ugh, I don't want to I don't want to not like this about you but I agree I feel like it could have been done a bit more tastefully uh, I don't know that she even thought about like the backlash that would come off of it I really believe she probably was just trying to show her support uh, for him in whatever way she felt and hey get it but I agree it just probably could have been done way better and whoever is on her team y'all got to do better because we can't have a girl out here like this right um but moving on to the next one because I mean we all in the news this week so <laughs> our good sis Shakari Richardson and her marijuana use and her suspension. What do we feel about that? Again, here's another thing where it's like right is right and wrong is wrong. Um, I am not an athlete ever in my life. Uh, I was never an athlete ever in my life. But I do know tons of people who are athletes. And I know what they've sacrificed and how strenuous the workouts and the stress was and is on them um and so does we make her run faster absolutely not you know that and she wasn't breaking a law at the time it was just really convenient for me like she goes to a state where marijuana is legal oh and now she has a drug test like how ironic is that Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's like, mm, I side eye it because, you know, like most people have said, weed is pretty much legal everywhere. Not to mention the same people who enforce said rules are the same people that are capitalizing off the business. Absolutely. And so you cannot have it both ways. You can't demonize it in one aspect and then profit off of it in another. Although that is what y'all have done for so long. Right. So. Um, do I think she should be able to run? Absolutely. Do I think it's BS that they even tried to pull this? Absolutely. 
but it also goes to a set of expectations that we have to have for ourselves as Black people. Like, we know as soon as she became relevant enough to be the sensation that here came the enemy. Like, it was it was almost like clockwork mm-hmm. because that is our stories in life. Whenever we have something going good for ourselves, no matter what the enemy looks like, it comes. And so we're expected to be prepared because we've had the stories, we've seen the how it has played out, but that doesn't disregard the fact that we are all still human. And she has a lot going on in her life, no matter if anyone wants to accept that or not. I haven't lost my mother and I pray that I don't have to witness that anytime soon. But I do know, even as a 30 year old adult, if I lost my mom tomorrow, I can't tell y'all how I would respond. So, or how I would be coping. My only prayer would be that I had a support system around me that would be able to help me get up while I'm on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And coming from just a mental health standpoint, I can't imagine the weight of the world that's probably on her shoulders because she stepped, she was just doing what she does. And now she's got the whole world looking and she didn't ask for that. That wasn't something she asked for, right. um, but it came. And then you are dealing with whatever it is that, you know, you're dealing with grief is, is a huge thing. And we know that, but grief, comes and goes and it can hit you at any time. But then at the same time, she's 21, right? Yeah. So let's just think about when we were 21 years old and all of the things, (laughs) I don't even want to go back. I was Um, pregnant. So there's that. Listen, there's so many things that we face that I'm sure we didn't even know how to handle. We didn't have the limelight of the world watching us. And so, you know, our mistakes weren't captured in this like, you know, real time on big screen and everybody's giving their two cents on what should happen. And so I just I I love the way that she's handled it or whoever's on her team, how they are maybe helping her get through it. I think it's important that she be surrounded by the right people. And so that's my prayer is that she's surrounded by the right people that will not try to take advantage of her in this moment, um, but use the moment as a as something to help her and grow her as she continues on. Because honestly, I love the support that I have seen, but then there's also been some negative backlash. And again, it's kind of like, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. And it's, Speaking of backlash, it's been happening all week. Apparently, <laughs> this one was sent to me a couple of times. Um, and so I finally watched it where Tabitha Brown had a response for Wendy Williams. I didn't know what Wendy Williams had said, so I had to go and figure out what she said. And then when I when I saw that she brought the woman's husband into her mouth, I was like, here we go. I just, first of all, let me just say this, and then I'm going to get your take on it. As Black women, I hope we step back from always trying to place judgment on other Black women. That's all I'm going to say. But what are your thoughts about it? 
She was out of pocket. And she, as in Wendy Williams, and I get that your show is about stirring up mess. I don't watch it personally for that reason, because I just, I'm not a fan. But I saw the clip and I watched the entire response from Tabitha and I was just like, sis, this is a perfect example of hurt people hurt people like because your marriage didn't work for whatever reason. How dare you have the audacity to tell this woman that because she doesn't want her husband being out every day with a bulletproof vest on protecting other people as a black man and a police officer mm-hmm. that their marriage is going to be on the rocks and, you know, this isn't a good move. That's not your household. My Again, perfect example of you should just be my business because that that's none of your business. <laughs> her retiring, her husband doesn't come out of your paycheck. It doesn't take anything from your household. It is what they have decided as a married couple to do and therefore why not celebrate it right why do you have to diminish not only her success but his sacrifice right right just uplift and like we have to get beyond the fact of tearing each other down in every way possible like and again, just mind your damn business. And what your business. Right. <laughs> That's all that it comes down to. Just it wasn't your business. Absolutely agree. It wasn't your business. And if you were minding the business that does pay you, then things might look different on your end. But I do, I will say that I loved the um I don't even know what you call that. Because A I read. It was, but I'm just talking about like her demeanor and the way that she handled the the entire situation. I um, I, I pray for growth to that place. Absolutely, of That's being like- able to sit there as calmly and collected and say what I need to say and ask for prayers for you and mean that thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, because honestly, like you said, it it. Not only was it not your business, but now you're you're speaking on a marriage. Um, and let's be honest, for Black women, we know the statistics when it comes to marriage, and it's not pretty. And so to to see um, this play out on television, or it's just it's just so distasteful. It's, it was I was just like I couldn't it couldn't be me. Um, but I do appreciate her response, and I appreciate her giving us a clinic on how you respond to certain stuff and not let it even move you in a way. So shout out as that's what joy and peace looks like. Hey, it, Ooh, almost, mm, almost caught one. We were about to go to church and I was about to go lay down. (laughs) Moving on to our naturally amazing segment for this week. I wanted to take an opportunity to highlight Miss Annette Nance Holt, who became the first woman and black woman 
to become the commissioner of the Chicago Fire Department. Um, I, I remember my mom sending me this via text message. And so I went to look up the story. And as I was reading her story, it just touched me in a way that was very personal to me. But I also just wanted to say, like, especially for the fire department, because there's been a longstanding history of discrimination and racism and sexism within the fire department worldwide. It was always thought to be like this man or male dominated area. And here we have a woman and a black woman coming in and saying, I've been doing this and I'm going to keep doing this in the face of all y'all. I just love it. Um, but the thing that took it over the top for me is not only has she earned her spot because she's been doing this for a long time, but she experienced um, a tragedy that I pray no one has to experience, but I know many who have experienced it and that she lost her 16-year-old son in 2007. Uh, he was shot and killed while he was trying to shield a classmate from gunfire on a bus. And out of that pain came, you know, more purpose for her and that she started a nonprofit that was that's called Purpose Over Pain. And it aids parents who have lost children to gun violence. And so I just wanted to shout out the excellence. Like I I know so many people who have gone through this level of pain and still can't find their feet on solid ground just yet. So for her to have gone through it and, um, you know, continue to use it and to, you know, answer the assignments that are put in front of her in the face of all of this is just absolutely amazing to me. So I just wanted to shout her out this week on our Naturally Amazing segment. Kudos to her. Absolutely. We're going to jump right into the hot topic for this week. Um, so last week, we kind of talked about intimacy. We didn't kind of, we talked about it. Um, and it was our first week back in a long time. And as I sat back and kind of thought about the topic and us talking about it, kind of gave me some questions to ponder. Um, and I don't know if it gave you any questions to ponder, sis, but uh, it just made me think a little bit more about this whole intimacy piece because we got our we got off talking about, you know, the types of intimacy. Mm -hmm. So then as I was doing my own little personal work, I thought about my own personal struggles and the struggles that I know I've seen in like a counseling room or maybe stuff that you and I have talked about or some of my other friends. And it made me start wondering about like how often we tend to our emotional needs. Um, and when I talk about emotional needs, I'm also kind of talking about emotional health as a whole. Uh, if you don't know your needs, then we can't assess how healthy you are emotionally. And so that's that's a big thing. And we can unpack that over several different podcasts. <laughs> but as I was sitting here thinking about this, or I was thinking about it last week, I happened to be catching uh, my pastor this week. And he says something that just like, knock my socks off. And he said, often dating is used for intimacy instead of exploration, which leads to connection before clarity, ultimately having you end up wanting what you do not need. It took me out. 
for whatever reason, it took me out because we had just talked about intimacy and what they were saying was you shouldn't be really kind of getting into an intimate space with anybody if you do not know your emotional needs and you do not know, you know, yourself in that way before you connect with others. Right. So I thought about it. Um, and from a professional standpoint, we think about emotional needs and emotional health. Uh, I think integrative psychotherapy is the one that kind of uh, elaborates on this a, a lot. But to, I don't want to go very, very technical today. I want to keep it so we can just have a conversation about it. So what I did do was pull the 10 emotional needs um, for us to kind of look at, and then we can jump into discussion. Okay. And so for our audience, the 10 emotional needs or things that you should think about is affection, acceptance, or a sense of belonging, validation, just meaning that even if you don't agree with me, you hear me, you see me, or you understand my concerns, autonomy, meaning when I'm with you, I still have my own sense of self or sense of identity, have my own interests, um, security, trust, and security and trust usually go hand in hand, empathy, connection, prioritization, and space. And so as you look at the 10 emotional needs and for you, they your needs may be different than mine, and some may be bigger than others. Like it's not the same for everybody, but it's important to know what you need, like what you, what's a non-negotiable so that when you're in these other places of intimacy, you know that those things are being fulfilled. And so the first question that I wanted to throw out there was what emotional needs are absolutely necessary for you? And how did you discover this? Oh, um, I mean, just looking at the list, I know this is going to sound really bad, but um, all of them are important to me. That's just personal, but absolutely necessary. Um, I need affection. Um, I am working on trying to not need validation, but it is there. Um Autonomy is important to me. And like you said, trust and security kind of go hand in hand, but I definitely need that in the connection. Um, because I think others can play into something. So like if I have acceptance um, or affection, I think that at some point you would have empathy for me. So to recap, I'm going to say affection, acceptance, autonomy, security and trust, connection, and then validation. And I still know that that's a lot. And how did I discover this? Um, again, just kind of doing the work about self-awareness, learning things like my attachment styles, where things stem from, being honest with myself about feelings that I felt in certain spaces, being um, honest about my, to myself about 
how and why I respond in certain ways because I am a very emotional person. Like I'm the person that cries when I get mad. So um, those would be my absolute necessaries. What about you? Um, so this is interesting to me in looking at them because off the bat, I would say all of them. <laughs> right. I, need, I need all of them. But uh, taking an opportunity to sit sit down for a little moment and kind of go over like past relationships, whether they were intimate um, friendships, working relationships. I just kind of sat there and assessed several of them. And try to pull out the the thing that keeps coming out, like which ones keep coming up every single time across the board. And so for me, security was always number one, and and right behind that was trust. So and and really and truly, those were the the top two. Everything else kind of fluctuated. Uh, acceptance and affection were were often there, but security and trust every single time. And so it made me sit with sit with it enough to be like, wow, you know, I for me, I don't know that I would have just went. I don't know. Maybe I would have went to those two without doing the work. I'm trying to think of it and I'm like, mm, maybe I would have. But then in my head, autonomy probably would have been the first one I would go to because I'm so bent on maintaining, I'm fighting so hard to figure out my identity that that's something I just do not want to lose. Um, but I noticed that I already do that. So I have learned to do that through time. And that's not something, I'm not saying it's not something I need, but it might not be something I need my partner to help me with, or we need in our relationship. Um, so anyway, I will tell, I will say this, in terms of discovering, I went through, particularly with my more intimate relationships, I went through like maybe the last three of them. And it was interesting that there was a level of intimacy in those relationships, but there was no security in the relationship. And so it made me sit back and be like, well, there you go. That's why that couldn't work for you. Not saying that it couldn't work for them, but it couldn't work for you because that wasn't there. And yeah. so I thought it was interesting for me to sit back and do this type of work because I know that moving forward in all of my relationships, but particularly in my uh, romantic relationships, I have an idea of what's necessary. Like if, 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 this isn't in our relationship. It's not going to work for me. And we don't even have to waste the time, you know? Yeah. And so I think in thinking about those things, that kind of leads into the second question of looking back on your past situations, whether they're friendships, relationships, situationships, whatever they are, um, what needs did you find yourself compromising because the connection came before the clarity about you know, your emotional needs being met in that relationship? The biggest one that sticks out to me would be, well, the biggest two, um, prioritization and autonomy. Mm. Um, I've never really had issues with trust 
because I've always been the type of person that like, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. And then, you know, I put on my PI gear and get to work. But <laughs> I think when it comes to autonomy and I haven't been in a relationship in a really long time, but I have had situationships um, I would lose myself a lot in whomever was occupying my time because I am the type of person that when I'm all in, I am in. No matter if we have had the formal discussion that we are exclusive or not, if we're spending more than 50% of our time together, then in my head in the past, we were an item. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I wouldn't neglect myself, but oftentimes I would mold myself to be this person who was going to show up for that person no matter what. So if I knew these things were important to this person, I wanted to make sure that I was doing these things because I didn't want to give you a reason to veer off from what we did have or to remain in a good space. Um and oftentimes when I would come out of those situations, I would find myself having to do a revamp of who I am because I lost myself. I wouldn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know how to get back to the person I was before from doing the other work from the other person. Um, and so I would feel really lost. And then as far as prioritization, I mean, I guess it just plays on basically what I just said. I always make other people a priority, but I never make myself a priority. And so um, that is always sacrificed in my life because a lot of the roles that I play, I again, it's part of the work that I'm doing to try to make it so I'm not um, putting myself as the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> right. Um, but it's very hard to do when, especially when you aren't, you have responsibilities for others. So those would be the two that I say I compromise the most. So what I hear you saying is you are super accommodating to the point of where you might be meeting the emotional needs of your partner, you know, or whoever, you know, you're in a situation with, but in terms of your needs, they don't even come to the surface or do you all, do you talk about them or is it something you just kind of not even think about? So it's never been a conversation. Um, and I think that's also because I haven't been in a space where I was aware. My self-awareness probably didn't start until about a year and a half or two years ago. So mm -hmm. everyone that came before then, I would say had it easy because <laughs> you didn't get the person who was like, well, at the end of the day, this is what I know I need and you're not providing it. And so we got a problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am a blunt individual, but it was more so like, 
I asked, could we go on a trip? You said we could, but you hadn't put forth in the effort to tell me like a date or I'll do all the planning for the trip. Just tell me dates that you are available and you never do. So then a disagreement happens. Um, in some situations, I got some of the things I needed. So like affection um, would come because of the intimate part sexually. But the validation part or the autonomy part was sacrificed again because I wasn't necessarily accepted as who I was at the time. It was more so you accepting the person that I created myself to be to fit in your world. Mm. So do you think even having this conversation starts to help you kind of get to that place of like these are non-negotiables? Because I've had this in relationships, but I didn't have that. And I know I needed that. So is that something that you, I mean, maybe not in this moment, but something that kind of helps you start thinking about, okay, so what do I need? And then based off of what I've already gone through, this is what I know has to has to be there in order for this to work or it just ain't going to work. Yeah. So like affection is one huge one that always sticks out to me um, because I didn't receive it as a child. Mm. So it is very important to me, even with my child, I can be like want to throw him through a wall because he has gotten on my nerves. But every day I make sure to tell him I love him. I make sure to give him a hug, you know, mm -hmm. something. So he knows that showing that type of, you know, emotion and, and um, actions are okay. And so, and, and people enjoy them because yeah. you can be mad at me, but if I'm giving you a hug and squeezing you to death, that frown is going to turn into a smile, you know? Right. Um, so yes, to answer your question, it definitely, not only this conversation, but as I continue to do life and get older, there are just some things that I know that I cannot do without, they can no longer be sacrificed for anyone else because I don't want to continue doing life trying to make everybody else happy. And here I am over here just maintaining. Right. Um, and so I am more vocal about these things. Now, I've touched on the fact that I'm trying to not make validation a huge need and when I said that, um, it was more so because I don't want other people to validate me. And I feel like that's a space that I've operated in my entire life, not even just a fragment of it. Mm -hmm. And so me telling myself I'm good enough, me telling myself I am beautiful, but also believing those same things that I am telling myself is important to me. Right. That is a journey that I will remain on until I 100% have it mastered. But every now and then I need validation um, or I seek validation from others, mm -hmm. whether that's in friendships or personal relationships. And I think part of it is because I need the reassurance of security in a sense, like 
and I've spoken on this several times, my dad wasn't around. And so I need to know that you still feel the same way about me, <laughs> um, even a little bit, you know, or that you're you're thinking about me in a sense of that I still make you happy. And I don't know when that'll change. I pray that it does sooner than later, but it's definitely one of the things that I struggle with from time to time. Yeah. And I think it's important. So I've heard, you know, not always making myself or not making myself a priority. That's a whole diff- that's a whole nother podcast. I'm not even going to touch that. But for so many, I don't want to just say black women, but I am going to say black women because I feel like that's something we do all the time. It's like take a back seat to everything and then try to figure out like why we're not happy in our lives at all. So I heard that, but then also kind of going back to those childhood origins and learning how those things become how you learn and they continue to ride with you into adulthood. And if you don't touch that, if you don't figure out like what those things are or or how they've impacted your life, then you may not be able to kind of come and have this kind of real deal discussion about your emotional needs because you have to go, but sometimes you have to go back to get to where you need to be to assess where you are. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I think those things, like, I feel like you brought out a lot of important things that you have to think about when you're assessing your emotional needs and all of that, of course, and from a professional place, All of those things are tied into kind of discovering what these emotional needs are. But I know one thing for me that kind of ties in to the fact that, you know, security and trust kept coming up. Security and trust was my foundation as a child. And particularly with my father, I was secure. There was never, for me, there was never a time where I didn't not have him he didn't provide, he didn't, you know, make sure that as, as a child, I was completely grounded and secure. I didn't have to worry about, you know, feeling like he was going to be here today and gone tomorrow. None of that. I never had to, to worry about that. And for me, it's something that I'm realizing that has to be in my relationship. It has to be there or it will not work. And I remember having a conversation with one of my friends earlier last week, and we were talking about a situation ship. That's what I'm going to call it that I had been in for over a year. And it boiled down to, all of this stuff, like like you said, meeting the needs, doing whatever needs to be done. I'm here. I got you. I'm riding. But not having the one thing that I needed. Now, I can find some of my other stuff from other places. Like sometimes if I, if I need to go and talk to a friend or if I need to be a part of a small group or if I need to venture out on my own, some of my emotional needs get met that way. But in my romantic relationship, if I don't have security, it ain't going to work. It's just not. And so then it goes to, well, once you figure this out, then how do you move forward? Like, 
you know, because you have kind of been in these spaces for a long time or maybe too long of a time and you're trying to figure out like, okay, I'm not happy. It's okay, but I'm not completely happy and I don't want to settle, but it's not that bad, but maybe it's, it's okay. I don't know. Like you kind of go back and forth in your head. And so it kind of brings me back to the point of if you do not know what you need, then you'll always be in that space of going back and forth and trying to figure it out and losing time. And time is the one thing we cannot get back. Right. Uh, so I think it's so important that we are having this conversation. I hope it fosters, you know, maybe the ground for people to start doing some of this work on their own or talking to your therapist. If you have therapists about it, talking to your friend group about it, but really kind of stepping into the knowing of what you need so that when you're doing life relationally with anybody, we're I'm kind of harping on the romantic, the intimate part because we were talking about intimacy last week. But just in general, like this can apply across the board in your relationships. You have to have an understanding of what needs you have um, and understand where you are emotionally with those needs. Like, how are you doing right now? <laughs> are you on firm ground? You're good. Like, you might not be getting all your needs met, but you still have a firm foundation. Or are you shaky? And if the tide come in real quick, you're going to be washed away. Where are you? So that you know prior to getting into these situations where you need to go. And so I think just to kind of wrap this segment up, when we think about, so one thing that we talked about is that, or we haven't talked about it, but I think we should mention is that in terms of like having a partner in your life, no one can meet all your needs. Right. It's impossible. And so I think we have to do due diligence with ourselves to kind of figure out what what's the balance there. So what is an expectation, something I need to bring up in my relationship and what's something that I need to continue to kind of do the work on and maybe get met elsewhere. Like my partner might not be able to meet that need, but I can get it met elsewhere. What are your thoughts on that as you think about that? I agree wholeheartedly. Um, no one can be everything to someone which is why it's important for you to do your own work. Um, but I think, you know, the thing that sticks out to me most in this conversation is that it is a very long and exhausting road. And I say that because as you're assessing what you need, you tend to find things that you become aware of things that you've done in the past, right? Which personally can make you emotional <laughs> um, because you realize so much of your life has gone to other things and other people mm -hmm. and not yourself. So one, I think you need to do the work of acknowledging that you know, you are the only person that can make you whole. And we hear that all the time, but it's making more and more sense to me as I get older. Um, the other part of that is 
maybe narrowing your needs down to unnegotiables. Like there are some things that everyone must have. And if you desire that in a, a lifelong partner, then that's a conversation you need to have. Because again, we can, it, it kind of wraps up in expectations. You can't expect someone to know something about you if you aren't willing to share it. Right. Um, and that's something that can be discussed too on another podcast. But that expectation that people will just know because we operate in a space is a setup for failure. Mm-hmm. So doing the work, acknowledging what you need and expressing what you need to someone, um, I think are all important parts of getting your emotional needs met as well as having a balanced emotional health. And if that person isn't willing to receive that, then that tells you enough right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I don't, I dropped the mic with that because I, I totally agree. I think at the end of the day, once you come into a space of knowing what you need and you express what you need, if that, if, if you express what you need and that person is unable to meet you there, then, or there's no compromise or there's nothing, then that's not the place you need to be. Uh, and again, I think it is coming down to, for me personally, I understand that that's why I need Jesus. Let me go ahead and bring him back on into this conversation because For me, I understand that he is the only one who's going to be able to meet every need that I have in some capacity. That does not come without me doing my own work, though, and being vulnerable and transparent in my quiet time with him and saying, hey, I'm struggling. You know, this is an issue for me, whatever the case may be. So that's personal. But at the end of the day, when I'm in my relationship if I'm saying I need security, if I say, you know, we've been doing this thing three months, six months, whatever, nine months, and it's good, but I don't have any knowledge of if you're going to be up and leaving tomorrow because you're not trying to be committed to me in any way, then, and you, and you make no, like there is nothing that changes there and it continues to be how you want it to be then I have to do maybe the hard steps of walking away. It, it depends, like, you know, sometimes it can be hard to walk away if you've already developed this connection with the person and, you know, you didn't already put them in that place where it's like, if you could just get this together, we, we good. Right. <laughs> but sometimes you have to respect yourself enough to say, but this is not what I need. It's It might be what I want, but it's not what I need. And so I have to then make the steps to choose myself, make myself a priority and say, I can't, I can't do this. And right. it doesn't come without, you know, the, the hurt and the whatever else that might come along with it. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, Feelings are feelings and and they come and they go. But I think at the end of the day, when you look back over your life, you'll be able to say, I'm glad I didn't settle. I'm glad I didn't stay where I wasn't valued. I'm glad I didn't choose to disrespect what I needed to respect someone else's needs. Um, Because truly, if it was mutual, then they would respect your needs as well. Mm. 
And so I, you know, I, I do think that you have to, I'm a proponent of doing your work. I believe that self-work is the most productive work that you'll do in your lifetime because you can do stuff for people. You can go work at a job. You can go, you know, you can go do all of these different things, but what you invest in yourself is going to make the biggest difference in your life. So I believe in doing that work. If you need a therapist, if you need to speak to somebody professionally, I'm a proponent of it. I know my good sis is too. Um, but if you're not quite there yet, having these, having some space and time in your life or creating some space and time in your life to kind of think about these things and, and maybe jot a few things down, that, that gets it started as well. So now that we've had the discussion, what's your reflection for the week? Um, I saw something that I plan on pondering a lot on um, this week, but it basically just asked the question, what if you accept the discomfort in life? And it hit me because I am in a very uncomfortable place right now. Um, for so long, I have operated in having to juggle multiple things, having to stretch myself thin, having to sacrifice time, sleep, energy, um, happiness. And I no longer want to, one, I'm not in that space because I'm not in school and that played a huge part into it. But the other part is, of it is I don't want to continue doing life in that space, no matter what it looks like. Um, I think a lot of my validation and a lot of my happiness has been in things that I could produce. I could produce a degree. I can produce that I got a new position. These are things that I can show that I did, but none of them have really just brought me the joy that I want in life. And so it is very uncomfortable to sit in. And usually by now I can find myself snapping out of it and being like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what's next. And so we have a plan, but the truth is I don't have a plan. I don't know what's next. I don't feel anything lighting a fire under my ass to be like, get up and do it. And that's very hard for me. So um, I am going to reflect on that question <laughs> this yeah. week a lot more because the truth is, if I accept the discomfort, then who knows what may come out on the other side. But there's a fear of if I don't accept it or if I do accept it and nothing is produced and who am I? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. my reflection. That's good. That's good. I think, first of all, I think all of us have to kind of get to a place where we can find a little bit of peace in discomfort in order for us to kind of move forward in life. Because I feel like life is uncomfortable. At least it should be if you are trying to be in that place of growth. Um, I I am not, I used to say that I just want to get to a place that's comfortable, but now I realize that that's not real for me. 
in terms of what I feel like I've been called to do and in purpose and assignment. I if I don't feel uncomfortable, then I, I don't feel like I'm moving. And so I just have to embrace that. So I love that. Um, I do, I will just say for me, a reflection this week and, and particularly something that's come out of just kind of thinking about this ep- this podcast episode is really realizing that what I've put out in the world in terms of being there and supporting and all of those other things uh, that come with my relationships, realizing that I need that in my life now more than ever. And because I'm accepting of that, that means that things may change for me in terms of who I'm dealing with, uh, who I'm talking to on a day-to-day basis, who I'm you know, breaking bread with, whatever that may look like. Because Oftentimes, and one of my one of my good friends said this to me, and it just blew me away. Um, there, for me, it's just always been a a place of you do for others, you do for others, you do for others, you do for others. And now I feel like I'm coming into a season where there are going to have to be others that do for me, and I have to be accepting of it. But then I also have to be accepting that it may not come from the people that I thought it would come from. And embracing that and and being like, okay, and and that comes with prayer for me. I'll just put it out there. My prayer is to surround me with the people who can support me and uphold me at this time. I think about I think about that thing in the Bible. It's a story in the Bible, and I'm not gonna try to quote it verbatim because I don't want y'all to come for me. But um somebody was having to fight. And as long as one of the prophets had their hands upraised, then they would win the battle. And then the prophets started getting weak and his hands started falling. They started losing the battle because he couldn't keep his hands up anymore. But then there were two people that came by and lifted his hands for him and they kept winning. And so I feel like I'm in that place now where my hands have been raised for quite a long time and they've gotten weak. And now I need the support of somebody to help raise the hands in order to keep winning this battle. And it may not come from the people that I expected it to come from. And I have to be okay with that. And it doesn't mean that we are not, you know, some people need to go. Now I'm gonna be honest. I do feel like there's a transition happening in my life where there are some people that I've been rocking with that I will no longer rock with. And that's okay. But then also just having the the time and the space to say, listen, God, I'm open to whoever you want to bring now because I need it. And I'm tired of fighting as if I don't need the help. So that's my reflection for this week. That's that's good and huge for you because allowing people in your spaces, (laughs) I know, is a very delicate topic. (laughs) <laughs> to say the least <laughs> so stay tuned folks Whew, i'll let y'all know how i'm doing um what are we affirming this week sis um i saw an affirmation um as i'm trying to figure out life that said one day i'll be at a place that i always wanted to be 
And for me, that was just like a confirmation, like, okay, we're kind of in the wilderness right now. We don't know whether to turn left, right, front, backwards, but at some point on this journey, I'll be able to look back and say, I'm finally where I'm supposed to be. Mm, That's good. That's good. I would say for me this week, I would just say that I'm not my mistakes. I'm not the pain or the shame that's connected to the mistakes, but I am the wisdom that was birthed from the mistakes. Amen. Well, y'all, it's been a joy chatting with you guys this week. Uh, We pray that you guys get something from this episode. We would love to hear back from you. uh, If there's something that comes up that really um, reaches out to you or touches you in a way, we would love to hear that. But again, I said this last week and I'm going to say this this week. It's good to be back in this space and just being able to to talk. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So until next week, holla. Peace. Enjoy your week, guys.